You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 114 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee Fields. And today we have our good buddy, Corey Edwards, joining us. Never heard of him. Well, Me neither. He's, he's all right. <laughs> How you guys doing? Great. I wish Corey was here with us. I know you guys are just a couple hours away. Yeah, we're here in Knox Vegas, Tennessee. That's right. We are in person together, but Corey's not with us. But we're at the new MXU HQ. That's right. And it is starting to take shape. I got to tell you, we've got flooring. We've got lighting. We've got boxes of furniture in the back ready to be assembled. Not just Ikea crap either. We've no. got real, legit, like, green room pieces. Totally. Chip and Joanna threw up in the warehouse back there. <laughs> That's right. It's going to happen. Shiplap everywhere. It's like, it's not feminine, Chip and Joanna. So I guess it's just Chip. Chip, yeah. It's like if Chip went to the Filson store. Yes. And threw up. Yeah. That's where that's where we'd be. Exactly. Um, but today's a very special day. It is. Because it's finally here. We have a big announcement to make. We're here to announce officially all the details of the MXU Live Tour 2022. Come on. And... There's a reason Corey's on here with us. Well, Corey happens to be a fairly well-accomplished, even though he's a youngster, fairly well-accomplished audio engineer. Yep. And he's going to be our mixer for the audio portion of the MXU Live Tour 2022. That's right. So let's uh, let's go high level here. So yep. when is it? Where is it? And how can people get tickets? Because they're on sale, I believe... Monday today, when this podcast comes out, is a pre-sale. That's right. And tomorrow it goes public Tuesday. That's right. So if you want to get in early for the pre-sale event, this is really just for kind of MXU listeners and fans only, really, because the public sale goes on tomorrow. But today you can get access to pre-sale, which is Monday, May 16th. That's right. And May 17th it goes public. Yes. But Corey's with us because he's going to be mixing the audio portion of the day. But I say portion of the day yeah. because the day is really more than just audio. Yeah. We, we've told you this before, but we're basically continuing what we started last year on the tour when we had our team day events. Three of the eight cities last year had a day for entire teams to come where we talked about audio, video, lighting, and leadership throughout the day and basically built a 20-minute worship set from scratch with a production meeting in the morning all the way through execution in the afternoon. And that's what we're going to continue to do on these dates. That's right. And those dates are September the 9th. We will be in Atlanta, Georgia at Buckhead Church. Come on. Actually, in the city of Atlanta. I mean, in the ATL. So for, for you guys who've come to Atlanta before and have said, man, this isn't Atlanta. Kind of like Dallas last year when we were outside of Fort Worth. We were basically in New Mexico. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is in Atlanta, and we couldn't be more excited to be hosted by Buckhead Church. A lot of great friends and people who feel like family there for me. You know, Jay and I have spent countless Sundays at Buckhead Church, and so we're thrilled to be back in Atlanta, but thrilled to be at Buckhead. September 13th, Chicago, Illinois at Park Community Church. And again, actually in the city of Chicago. In downtown Chicago. And they have their own parking. I know that's everyone's first question. That's great. Because they are in downtown. 
Um, we haven't been to park before, but we know people there. They've been great. They really wanted us to come there. So we made it happen, Captain. We're doing it. Um, and then last but not least, September the 16th in Dallas, Texas at Hope Fellowship. Amazing. In Dallas. Actually, it's in Frisco. It's but, Frisco, but it's just, I mean, it's in the Metroplex at least. It it's is. like, it's fairly close to DFW and it's accessible to all of Dallas. I think and it's so, less than a half hour from the airport. Yeah. We cannot wait. So what you heard was within a week, we're going to be in three different cities. And so it's a real compressed schedule for us, but we're thrilled to be bringing these things essentially back to back to back. Three cities, three experiences, all across the country, really. So wherever you live, you have access to bring you and your team. But back to Corey. Corey is with us because, you know, last year we had Thrive Worship. Right. They were the band for the day. So we programmed lighting to their songs. Rusty trained camera operators to their songs. We did sound check with the band on stage, and then they performed, and we did a worship set in the afternoon. Right. Well, this year we were trying to think of what what band could we get? And, you know, Spencer on our team was like, hey, why don't you really just go for it and just ask? We got the Beatles. <laughs> we got Paul McCartney. <laughs> Corey's mixing. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Um, so we called our friends at Elevation Church. Yep. And I just thought, let's just let's just ask. Just see if they even know who we are, yeah. much less if they're interested. <laughs> right. So first I talked to uh a friend of mine, Cole, on their marketing team at the label. And, you know, they really love partnering with churches and helping churches with resources. They have a whole YouTube channel just for church resources for the uh, worship band, which is really cool. Yeah. So he loved it. And then he put me in touch with Alex, who runs all of their events. And then Alex and I got to talking. I uh, I sent Corey around on the back end. And I'm like, hey, tell Alex I make this happen. And I'm here to announce that the band for the MXU Live Tour is going to be John Sal and Jenna Barrientes from Elevation Church. I love it. And so they're the, the whole band. They're going to play all the instruments. <laughs> they're not going to play all the instruments. <laughs> uh, they're bringing uh, the A team backline, but our worship leaders will be John Sal and Jenna. That's amazing. Who are two amazing. of my favorite people on the planet. And I can't wait. I love it. So, Corey, you just got finished with the tour. Yes. And so you were with Elevation Worship. So we need to catch up on that because I've heard nothing but amazing reports from people who were there, you know, folks who actually messaged us in the MXU Slack channel who are, you know, team subscribers who said this is probably the best worship experience and the best sound at a worship event I've ever heard. So talk us through how it went, you know, just your experience with the last couple of weeks, because I know you and Jay were together too. Yes, so which that was definitely special. Jay being out there really was special and I love him. We all love him so much, but he, he really was like my right hand guy and helped make every day happen. You know, I always say without him, we wouldn't have the show to do because there wouldn't be gear in the room. <laughs> yeah. So he was just a really crucial part of, of that whole process. And he's just got the best temperament and, relational skills when you're you're doing this merge of touring like real world touring and church and ministry yeah. um and he just handles situations and himself and everyone around him the best so 
it was a no-brainer. I'm glad that he did it. I don't take it lightly that I got him out on a two-week tour because I know that's not normal for him. But um, the tour was awesome. We we played some really cool rooms in the Northeast, and this was leg two of what we did in the fall, so very similar. We changed some set list stuff around. Um, but it was a really good time. This is actually a funny... I texted Lee a couple times about it. I did not feel great mixing this tour for some reason. And I, not in a, it was bad, but I was, I don't know, I wasn't vibing it. And I think last time I came off of the MXU live tour, just absolutely on fire. And this time it took me a little bit to like get, get the vibe and the mojo back. But, Mm -hmm. um, it was a really interesting, like imposter syndrome situation to go through. So a little vulnerable moment there. I'm glad that I'm glad everyone loved it, but let's explore that a little bit. Yeah. What do you mean by imposter syndrome? It's it's that thing of of like, am I actually good at, at this? Is this good? You yeah. know, and I think last time I came in with a really good like reference point and this time I kinda came in cold. So at, yeah. a couple of times I looked over at Webster and I was like, Is this good? Like, is this okay? <laughs> and yeah. Um but it's that whole thing of wanting it to be as great as it can possibly be and not being okay with anything less. So you just, you work and you work and you work. And, um, and I think the product turned out really great and I was really happy with it, but it definitely took some, some time to get the gears going this time around. Yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. I think we've all been there. I think the struggle is, you know, you don't have, weeks and weeks and weeks to get it right. You guys didn't do a month worth of production rehearsals and all kinds of prep and all that. You had a day. Yeah. And you don't want to walk into day one of the tour and feel like you're only giving three quarters of your best and, oh, I'll get it right by Boston because we've got eight shows left. It's like, no, you want everybody every night to have a great experience. And so because it's just a kind of a one-off deal, it's like, man, you owe it to these people who are coming to be as excellent as you can possibly be. So I get that pressure. I've been there before, and I know you have too, Lee. So that's a that's a big deal. But it's great that you had somebody like Webster, your system tech, at your side. He's been on the podcast before. Incredible engineer. Yep. When you lean over to him and go, hey, does this sound okay? If he says yes, you know you're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not, he'll tell you it's not because totally. he's going to give you an honest, an honest opinion. Yeah, and we went, you know, we went back and forth too on a lot of like PA. We had a fun. I wish I almost wish we could have filmed it, but uh the first couple days him and I were really massaging the the EQ of the PA system versus what I was doing on the console and I think two shows in right after the show I looked at him and I said, "Hey, tomorrow tune the PA like you would tune any other anyone else's PA and then let what I'm doing suck until I fix it. Um, and it was kind of this, he and I have a really great relationship back and forth of, you know, massaging the way the PA sounds to what I'm doing. And sometimes it's really helpful and great. And this time I was like, I need to fix some stuff on my side on the console. I need to Mm. dig into some EQs and some levels. So do it and leave it and let me fix my stuff. And I think from then on, we got into a really good place, a really good groove. Um, But sometimes you just have to stop and step back and reset and 
and put your head down and start digging and finding the places that need to be fixed. And so, yeah, after that, it felt so much better to me. Um, have you guys heard of this concept, the Dunning-Kruger effect? I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. I don't think have you heard this, Corey? I don't think so. Yeah, Lee, you and I have talked about it a lot, and yeah. it is a real thing. I think this is what you're experiencing, Corey. I think, well, let me tell you what it is. So um, there's a great YouTube video on this. If you just go to YouTube and search Dunning-Kruger effect, it's the cool animated one. So go watch that. Yeah, it's like an explainer video with graphics and all that. Yeah. yeah. But the concept is um, when you're talking about a skill set, when we're very early on in that skill set and you're trying to learn something new, our confidence in in doing that and in our abilities is as high as it'll ever be in the first short period of time of learning that skill. And as time goes, I'm saying 20 years, 30 years, your confidence actually decreases even though your knowledge and your actually your actual ability to perform at a high level increases. So when you're actually not that good at it is when you're the most confident, but as time goes and you become a badass at whatever it actually is, your confidence is actually not as high as it was when you first started. But your, your humility certainly is because you know things are more nuanced. Am I really that good at this? Turning to someone else and asking them, is, if, is, is this good? Mm-hmm. Those are all signs of progressing in that timeline, the humility coming out, and the overconfidence and the ego decreasing. I'm so, I'm glad that there's an explanation because it's a terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, we talked a lot on the tour last fall about the four stages of learning. And this kind of plays into that a little bit because as you've gotten to the point where you are fully in unconscious competence, you have an awareness that you want to constantly check yourself to go, okay, am I just phoning this in? Am I just winging this? Because it feels kind of automatic. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to just not dig in and do my very best because some of these things come easy to me. Like I know what to do. So it's like, am I really giving it my best? But you know, that combined with the Dunning-Kruger thing, it's like, man, that, that self-doubt and that questioning and all that, it just, it creeps in and it's, it's a real, it's a real interesting phenomenon. It is. I think it's a good sign. I think totally. there's a point to where it can come debilitating though, which I've experienced that. And you just start trying new things and it gets all out of whack. And it's right. like, no, don't overthink it. But yeah, question yourself. Is this good? That's, that's all good in that, in that striving to be the best that you can be. Yeah. So for those of you guys who have seen the, uh, the Lee, your mix sucks series on our stuff. Yes. That's where you got was to yeah. the point where you were trying to implement everything into your show file and do all of what you were kind of gleaning from Andrew and me and you as, as we were learning, as we started the MXU live events. Yep. And by the time you got to a point in 2019, it was like, I've tried to throw all these ingredients into this stew and now it doesn't taste like much of anything. Yep. I need to strip all that back and go back to the core. Yep. And it wasn't that you were less good at what you did. Right. You, you were better at the craft. Right. It was just losing sight of where the bullseye and the target was for you and the sound that you were going for. Yeah, totally. And then the the peak of that, I feel like, was the tour last year. Yeah. You know, using those tracks and taking 
you know, three weeks to, to actually get as good as I could get. And then that last day in Nashville, I cried. Yeah. And we, we all did a room full of people <laughs> because it was such a like long journey of trying to be the best that I could be the right way, being open-handed enough to say help, like all of those things. And then you're in a room full of people and it was a few months after I left staff at the church. Right. So there was all of this other stuff. Other too, sets of emotions know? altogether. Right. Yeah. But I like mixed and then it's like, how do you, Raybold asked me, how did that feel? And I just like cried like a baby. <laughs> so, so maybe on the tour this year, Corey, you're going to cry. Uh, very likely. I remember <laughs> that moment when he asked that question, I like my chat, my like heart sunk. Cause I was like, uh, when, as soon as he asked it, my first thought was, uh, that was that was like the best I've ever heard, and I was like praying and hoping that you were feeling the same about yeah. it. And I was like, "Oh, please!" So when yeah. you responded, it was it definitely was a super emotional moment. Yeah. So how do we take this conversation? And I mean, before we talk more about the tour, I don't want to leave this topic real quick because I think there's something that we can say to guys who mix in church every week who are sitting behind their console in front of their same band, in front of their same PA, like how do we use this phenomenon as a way to encourage them and to help them continue to get better? Can I, can I start with the difficult part of that? Yeah. I get DMS a lot of people asking questions and things. Yep. And then sometimes I'll respond and then their response back to me is where I see this. Okay. So I see a lot of like, if I give someone some advice on, hey, maybe try to move that microphone here or maybe switch this microphone. I'm thinking, hey, the way you're doing it, you're probably getting decent results, but there is a better way. Yeah. But then their response back to me will be very poignant and factual about their experiences. And it may be a 23-year-old who's only been doing this for five years. And they're like, oh, you're you feel right. like they're kind of trying to talk back to you or they're, they're... They're trying to tell me what they know. Oh, okay. They know way more than they than than is actually probably good for them. It's like, oh, you're right because when you put this microphone here, this happens, and then you can do this on the console, and then your results will be this. And I, I always think now, oh, their abilities, their confidence, and their abilities are really high right now. They need, you know, let's see how they feel about this in ten years because I I would be like, well, I don't know if it's going to sound good when I put the microphone there. Right. You're, you're thinking know. like, well, this is what I might try. Right. Yeah. You're not right. telling them there's only one right way to do this. Right. So I think if you're a young engineer, and I don't mean in an age, I mean in experience. Yeah. Lighting designer, video director, leader of a team. It could, it could really be anything. It could be a painter, right? Yeah. If you have not been doing it that long, and I don't know what that long is for you. Maybe it's a, a two years. Maybe it's even five. But having the self-awareness to know that you are probably overconfident and your confidence level is much higher than your actual skill level. Yeah. I think that's a healthy place to get to. It is. You know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours thing. It's like, not that that's the gold standard for mastery, Yeah, but it is something, you know, wrote a daggum book about it. Right. There is something to that, especially if you've read the book, you'll understand what, what that means. Um, but, this idea of mastery of a skill, it's so, I think you're right on when you talk about how people respond with a very binary answer. Yes, yeah. But with something as nuanced as music yeah. and something as nuanced as 
the acoustics of your room, combined with the PA, combined with volunteers on stage, combined with an out-of-tune guitar, combined with all those other things. I mean, think about lighting. It's totally. even more subjective. Totally. So it's like, how do you how do you sort of unravel those things that aren't super technical, physics-based, yep. binary from the art side and recombine them in a way that actually does get better and is helpful to you? Right. Corey, what do you think? I'm I'm soaking this all in because <laughs> I need I need it. But I think what helped what helped me is having like having people who believed in me who I knew would be honest with me and leaning on them and hearing that. Uh and and honestly holding what I was doing with open hands because mm-hmm. what I truly was feeling was like I need help. I don't know that I that it needs help, but I need help like personally. And I think this this applies to a lot of church situations. Like we did this tour last fall, same band, same consoles, same PA, same text. Like so I walked in thinking, oh, I'm just going to load up these files and we're going to go. And when that didn't work the right way and I knew it, it was it started this whole process in my head and i think it's important to take a step back in those moments and see the big picture take a big breath clear your head clear your space you know your space and go back into it and be really critical of what you're feeling in those moments and trying to pick out the the realities and then things that may not be quite so real because i think that that plays into this too of uh, somewhat of a mind game of is there actually an issue or is it good? And can I move on to find the things that are actually problems that I can fix? And when you find those and you don't know how to fix them to know when and how and where to reach out to find help because, you know, no one knows everything. And I think it's important to have a, a team of people around you that support you through those moments. That's really good. You know, I've, 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 as you were talking, I'm remembering specific circumstances where I would sit and get so focused on a snare drum, for example, that every backbeat sounded different. And I'm like, what's wrong with the snare drum? What's wrong with the snare drum? There was nothing wrong with the snare drum. I was just so focused on the nuance that if his playing altered in the slightest, if the snare drum sounded just minusculely different it would drive me crazy and it's like okay you got to zoom out because like you said you you were getting good results it's like even even when things are going well it's great to have that open-handed mentality that humility that goes okay i need a spot check here everybody around me is this is this okay does this look all right is this shot okay does this mix feel okay and to be okay with good honest feedback yeah. Yeah, and in in a situation where it's it's high pressure and and you know, there's a lot of situations like that where this has to be good and I think I felt that and um you know, part of that team extended out to even like Steven at Mike Reynolds, we I chose a different mic capsule and realized I didn't like it and called him on a Sunday night and said, how fast can I get 10 <laughs> of this other thing? And 
he just said, I've got you. And they showed up at the next arena. And I think I spent my, my time with my head down in the console when I really just needed to make a couple swaps and, and ask the hard questions of like, Hey, I'm, I texted him. I said, I'm crazy for this. I know, but can you do this? Can we make this happen? I think that's what helped turn the corner of again, not, not bad to good, but good to great is, is finding where, where I actually needed to make some changes. Um, and I couldn't have done that without some of the people that I had behind me and around me. I figured you were in your head a little, you know, cause you were texting me like struggling. I don't remember what you said, but you weren't happy. Yeah. And same band, same PA, same console, same Corey, same everything. And I thought he's in his head, but I've been there. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. We all have. So I just started texting you like just encouragement. Yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I was just like every couple of days trying to remind you that you're good at your job. Well, and you said something that I think is really important and actually took some weight off of my shoulders is I texted you. I was like, I'm really struggling. And you said, everyone says it sounds great. And I think I had said back like, yeah, I, I think it does, but I'm not, I'm not vibing with it. And you're, and so, and I, I said, I'm not vibing with it. And so it doesn't matter to me that it still sounds great. And I think you said like, that's the right answer. And some of that yeah. was this relief of like, okay, I know it's good, but I need to feel good about it. And so I'm going to keep working for myself yeah. till I feel like we're jiving, you know, and firing on all cylinders and, Yep. Um, no, I really appreciated the encouragement because I, I, I needed it truthfully. Like, well, that's a really good word for some of our listeners who are mixing in church every week because if, if all they hear is, man, that was great, that was great, that was great, that was great, sounded great this morning, sounded great. Right. We still need to challenge ourselves, Not and, and it's, it's a fine line because you don't want to get so tweezy about everything that you start to just add unnecessary plugins or add a workflow that doesn't make any sense or, you know, make your console do things that are just fun for you because your console can do it, but you don't really need to. I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about critically listening to go, okay, is it my best? Is it as good as it can be? And if not, how can I make a couple of tweaks to get there? You know, even if it's a half a step further down the road, it's like, what can I do this week to challenge myself? You know, and it might be changing some of your processing. It might be, you know, EQ tweaks. It might be, you know, taking a, a guitar player or a singer aside and having a tough conversation. I don't know what it is for you, but, you know, finding those moments where you can continually challenge yourself to get better. Because that's really what this is all about. That's why we started this thing in the first place. And still why we're here. Exactly. You know, there's no like, we've arrived, let's stop. Right. You know, so I think exactly that feeling you felt is a good sign. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if we're always happy with everything we do, that's a problem. Right. That's a problem. But all that's to say, the MXU live tour better not suck, Corey. <laughs> yeah, Corey. <laughs> you better bring your A game. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my band guys with me and, and they're a huge part of what I do. And so I'm excited for everyone to see that interaction and that, cause there's a, there's a lot of banter. Like we've been, I've been yep. with them for 
five or six years now and they're still on this tour same people same gear there's there's so much banter back and forth and um i'm grateful that they are so on board with the with what what i'm trying to do and uh yeah they're it's gonna i think it's gonna be really fun to yeah so speaking of that one thing just we're gonna make a mental note right now because i think during the sort of sound check part of the day when we do this live we're gonna have everybody's talkbacks in the pa so that people who attend can actually hear that banter and hear how it's useful and helpful and you know because everybody's implementing talkbacks these days for the most part but just in terms of process it's like how can we make this system that we've implemented the most effective you know sometimes it's just joking around before sound check you're just noodling around and kind of messing with each other that's great but during the like heat of the moment like what do those talkbacks actually do and how can they be most useful because that that could be a game changer for a lot of folks yeah it, it will be so go get those tickets at getmxu.com yes we have early bird pricing that's available temporarily there's only a set number of early bird tickets. Right. So those are going to go away and we'll go to a regular general admission ticket. So Right. That's not based on a time deadline. That's right. based on a number of tickets. Right. So get early bird tickets. Like don't wait until August August or July to buy your tickets. They're, they're going to go fast. Yeah. So um, you can go get them today. GetMXU.com. Look under the live tab and you'll have all the information right there. We thought about doing a two ticket minimum. I think we should. I mean, I know we're not going to, but just here's a here's a note from your uncle Jeff. Don't come <laughs> alone. This is meant to be experienced as a team. Yeah. Right? The whole day is for your team. So, if you buy a solo ticket, don't come. <laughs> just just give us the $125 and don't come. Thanks. <laughs> That's I'm, funny. I'm kind of serious. No, it really is like you should bring someone from your team. Um, but, okay, so we just talked a lot about audio. Audio is only one-third of the day. That's true. So lighting, you know, Daniel Cannell is going to be with us again. And he's going to do exactly what we did last year. It was so beneficial. That was one of my favorite parts of the day. Oh, yeah. So, Corey, you've got a history with Daniel. Daniel has experience with Elevation Church. So we kind of know what to expect, but tell everybody what, what they can expect. Daniel, yeah, we've done a couple of the tours together and he, I know he's done a bunch of stuff at the church and um, he's just masterful at that style of music and he's so artistic and musical with it. Um, and I think it's going to be cool to see him light a lot of these songs that people are doing in their own churches and to see his take on it and to see... Um, like get a peek into his brain while yeah. it's happening. And I know he's done a lot of it for us, like even just on the fly and flowing with the band. And there's a, there's a really, there's a real art to that. And I think he's just, he does such a great job at, at following that. He's the best lighting teacher we've seen, you know, so th there's that he's an exceptional teacher, but he has this ability to make a giant lighting rig with, you know, let's say there's 20 or 30 moving lights to make it look like it's accessible and approachable to churches that may say, well, we don't want moving lights because that's not us. Right. Because what he does with them, 
it's just amazing what the guy can do. It's not flash and trash. No. It's tasteful and musical and artistic. Right. The other thing, to your point, Corey, that I loved about last year was the times when he, like, he would program maybe a song and a half, and then we'd run out of time. So he'd say, okay, I've set up a few kind of punt cues where I can do what's called busking, which is basically just following along with the flow, using some of the core that I've created as a sort of building block for just following along with the band and making these musical moments happen visually. That to me was the most interesting thing because he didn't have these cues programmed and yet he's creating this moment in these songs that's stunning. Yep. So for people who have that sort of, you know, set up tear down kind of system where they don't have a ton of time to yep. pre-program songs. Yeah. That is going to be a huge lesson. So again, the day is meant to be an incredible opportunity to learn from the best in the industry. And you know, that reminds me too, like it's a one day event. This is actually a great opportunity to pr bring people from your staff, not on your team, people like your executive pastor, your senior pastors, your CFOs, so that you can show them what you can accomplish by using technology the right way. Because I think a lot of times you can put together a lighting proposal, send it into the board, and then you're asking for 24 moving lights, and then all they think of is a Nine Inch Nails concert. Right. And this is a great way to show, like, no, this is, this is what's possible done the right way. I love that. Your favorite part of the day and mine is video. Rusty. Rusty, I, I said it last week. I, I just loved watching him direct in the moment yeah because you know at our event the video director is actually at front of house right or in front of front of house right depending on the scenario so you get to see him interact with camera ops in real time during the music and it, it's just it was so much fun the other thing that i loved and that we'll continue to do this year is we're going to pull random people out of the audience to be our camera ops yep you may have never touched a camera before and by the end of it, you're going to go, this is really hard. <laughs> or yeah. you're going to go, this is really fun. Like I had no idea what my video team was doing. So right. to have that opportunity and to see that happen in front of your eyes is just, it's priceless. For sure. And multiple times we pulled senior pastors from the audience and put them on the tripod camera yeah, so that they could experience what it's like to follow <laughs> someone awesome. walking on stage. Pretty awesome. That's Pretty amazing. Awesome. Well, cool, fellas. We had a couple of interesting turn down for MXUs. We did. We might want to just at least glance at one of those. Um, let's do that. Corey, did you have any people like write emails or anything like that complaining about the sound on the tour? Halfway through, I, I had this thought that no, I've, I've not heard or seen one complaint. And uh, I don't know why. I was expecting it. To be completely honest, I was waiting yeah. for the people to just come up to front of house. But this tour, I definitely, I mixed a little quieter than last time. I think it dawned on me that I don't want to hear, you know, something that loud for three hours. Yeah. So I lived at 98. Okay, well, let's let's use this as a way to maybe challenge your living at 98 because <laughs> we got a... Uh, Pretty interesting note from one of our friends. Um, I, you guys have never heard of this church, so it's it's okay for us to talk about them because nobody knows who Life Church is, so that's fine. <laughs> um, 
This is uh, straight from their email inbox. Quote, What is the purpose of having your worship services so extremely loud? I was appalled after checking with the local pastor that your limit for sound is the sound of a lawnmower. Any sounds over 70 decibels cause hearing damage, and some people get a condition called tinnitus where their hearing is damaged. I was one of those people, and it's a nightmare. May I suggest that you have at least one service that is at a level quieter than 65 decibels at each campus. <laughs> I'm not the only one who has complained about this and left. We have served at Life Church since 2012 and have heard many complaints about it being so loud. I hope you have ears to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus Juke. <laughs> Until the noise level drops, I will attend a quieter church. Good luck finding that. Yeah. I would like to pay for his gas until he finds a church that's 65 dB. Well, what he doesn't realize is the conversation at his dinner table is louder than 65 I know, dB. I know. I also just said that wrong. I'd be broke. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you want to do until, that. No. Well, in Oklahoma, you'd, you'd at least have a little relief that's compared true. to California. You know what I meant. I do. There was a way for me to get rich there. I don't, not him <laughs> get rich. That's crazy. Yeah. That'd be a Tesla lawnmower, by the way. 65 dB. That's right. That's battery powered. Battery powered for sure. Gosh. Do you guys get reviewed in magazines or anything or newspapers? No, I don't know. I don't, not yeah. that I see. Yeah, don't look at them. We, we just live our best lives and figure it out as they come. It's probably best. Yeah. Um, we had another one from somebody who kept talking about the sound level in terms of decimals. Decimals? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the sound person controlling the volume must be a young person. I have a decimals meter on my phone. Yeah, I do too. It's called a calculator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a lot of decimals going. And it was, a, it was hitting 110 decimals. 90 decimals should be your max. After that, it is ear damaging. Now I have to sleep with a sound machine as it has made my tinnitus quadruple. I can't imagine what it might be doing to young children. It was like going to a rock concert. Totally unacceptable. So... There's an, right. there's an argument to the sound machine thing because they're listening to to sustained volume right. over however many hours they're sleeping. It might actually be more damaging than the one-hour church service. That's true. Well, and that's the thing. Anybody who knows anything about OSHA knows that that is basically sustained volume over time. Right. So yeah. a five-minute song with peaks at 98 is not going to be Mm-mm. Nearly as damaging as an hour and a half with your lawnmower. No. With no protection. Webster had some nifty new smart OSHA meter thing, and it was like a count up to 100 for like exposure over the time of our entire show. It was like a new addition to the SBL meter, but it gives you exposure level over time. Over time. And it, it was like a game to see where if I could hit the same every night as far as hell out. I know. I was mixing it. Trend has awesome. that, we, and I would always set my average, like see if I can get to 95.9. Yeah. It, this was in church. I wanted the average for a 20-minute worship set or whatever to be, 95.9. Just random. It's so hard to get within a tenth of a decimal average over yeah. time. Oh, yeah. That's very hard. That's awesome. Well, keep those turned down for MXUs coming because we love hearing it. You know, I've, as far as the phone thing, like anybody who has a complaint based on what their phone is telling them, 
it's like, okay, sorry, but if you don't have anything calibrated, you don't have any idea what you're talking about. It's like, it's hard for me to take you seriously, but I understand that they feel like it's too loud. So we have to try to find the grain of truth in there somewhere. But as we've said many times, it's probably about tonality more than it is about decimals. So <laughs> don't, was, don't get caught up in your decimals. Was there a guitar solo? Was there strobe lights? That means it was too loud for someone. That's true. Was there haze in the room? That yeah. means it's yeah. completely. Could evil. you see the speakers? <laughs> right. Giant black line array hanging from the white it's ceiling. Too loud. This, this looks too loud. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, this is really fun. I'm, I can't wait for September. Me neither. We should get you and John Sell on the podcast together yes. in the next month or two. I would love that. I need to, I, we should also get whoever the music director is coming out with us. Yeah, I think it's too. LJ. Oh, sick. We'll see, but I think it's LJ. Wait till you hear him play B3. It's it's pretty oh. unbelievable. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Can't wait. All right, fellas. Awesome. Well, thanks, Corey. Yes. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Can't wait for September. Again, getmxu.com to get your tickets. And we'll see you in September. See ya.